those are 35 in number. So one of the mamulat, which is called Muraqaba, the first lesson in Muraqaba is known as Latifa Kalb, to do Muraqaba on the zikr of the heart. Now the other mamulat will remain the same throughout. Tilawati Quran, Istighfar, Darud, Bukufa Kalbi. However, the sabak or the lesson of Muraqaba changes over time. Just like imagine, for example, the 36 or oh, 35 pillars. Sorry, 35 steps. Then if you, to reach the roof, if you climb all 35 steps, then you will be standing on the roof. Just like Dari Imam and Abani Munafasan and Abdallah made 35 lessons to reach the height of the Sasla, Ali and Akshabandi Mujandani. So you can view each lesson as a step on a staircase. And Imam and Abani Abdallah openly detailed the description of each and every one of these. Imam Bahaudin Nakshaban Nabdalai had made the first 16 lessons of Nakshabandi Sasana. And you can imagine that there were 16 steps. And each step was bigger, and you would also reach the same roof, but it was more steep staircase, and so you needed more energy to climb that staircase. The Imam Rabbani Nabdalai, to make it easier, he kept the 16 lessons as they were, but then he added lessons 17 to 35. And he gave them a proper sequence and reached all the way to number 35, which is Daira La Ta'iyun, and that is the 35th Sabak. So these 35 lessons are, you can imagine, like a syllabus for the Zikr Suluk of Naqshabadi Mujaddi Salsala. So when the Salak becomes Bayat, then they get the first sabak, and that's why the sheikh will place his finger of his right hand, uh, index finger of his right hand on the kalb of the salak and indicate to them where they should do Allah Allah. And this is one of the great advantages of the salsala, that every single thing has a nisbat back to our forefathers or predecessors. It comes in hadith that once a sahaba he came to Sayyidina Rasulullah and he said that Oh Allah's Prophet that please give me permission to do zina so the Prophet explained the matter to him that would you like it if somebody were to do zina with your sister he said no with your wife he said no your daughter he said no mother he said no and they said just like you don't like this then certainly other people wouldn't like it either so whoever you do zina with you will either be somebody's daughter or somebody's sister or somebody's mother or somebody's wife so when Sayyidina Rasulullah explained this then now the Prophet gave such a reasoning that uh, he realized but it comes in the same hadith that Nabi did one more thing and then Sayyidina put his hand on the chest of that Sahaba and then while putting the hand on the chest he made dua for that Sahaba that Allah Ta'ala forgive him and Allah Ta'ala grant him a life of Hayat and that Sahaba he says that from those blessed words of dua of the Prophet placing his hand on my chest then all of my lustful desire got finished and as much nafrat as I, as much dislike I have for the sin, I don't dislike anything in the world as much as I dislike the sin. Now we can read this hadith, but our mashayikh say that no, 
this was a salbi tawajjuh of the Prophet where he negated and removed the unlawful desire in that person's chest. Now imagine how much desire a person must have that I can't stop himself and then is going all the way up to the Prophet and asking permission means that he was there was such a strong temptation of desire that it was unable to stop himself that he all the way went to the bottom to ask him permission but then all of a sudden he turns back after such a strong temptation and says that I have no desire left in fact I have repugnance for zina so what was that? that was the nur of Nabi Akhanim Sassam's fez that he put inside his breast and intakal fez means to place that fez from one person to the other sometimes to do intakal you need ittisal sometimes you need contact to be able to transfer that fez and that's why many times in history our mashaykh when they used to give people nisbat they used to clasp them to their chest and hug them and this is exactly what the angel Jibreel did to Sayyidina Rasulullah when the first revelation was revealed when Sayyidina Rasulullah when Jibreel came to the Prophet and said Iqra read recite and the Prophet said that I cannot recite I don't know how to read I'm illiterate so then what happened then angel Jibreel then he grabbed the Prophet and then he gave him a tight very tight hug and then the Prophet said that I actually was getting pain and he hugged me so tight it began to hurt now the angel Jibreel hugging the Prophet so strongly that obviously there was some reason for that it wasn't some pointless act, act or futile act there was a reason behind that there was some wisdom behind that why was this contact required? reason is that because the angel Jibreel is one of those angels who never disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when Allah ta'ala commands them and so and he's the leader of the angels so why did he do that? so he did it because Allah ta'ala commanded him to because there's some reason behind that and surely that after Angel Jibreel clasped the Prophet then the Prophet started reciting Quran so this was a nisbat and a manasbat that was created and this is why in the Hadith Jibreel Sayyid Umar said that a person came with the blackest of hair and the whitest of clothes and he went so close to the Prophet that they started sitting knee to knee and he put his hands on the thighs of the Prophet so first he was sitting knee to knee again that is contact so the angel Jibreel Islam why anybody who comes and asks a question you don't need a to have contact you can ask from a distance or even if you sit closely but there's no need to touch but Angel Jibreel what did he do he went so close to the Prophet and then made sure that there was physical contact touching knee to knee and this is not the norm so whenever the angel does something against the norm means there's some reason behind that so only after the knees were touching then did Angel Jibreel ask the question so this is called ittisal means contact and ittisal is sometimes beneficial in doing intikal affairs to transfer for the fez so anyway the Prophet placed his hand on the chest of that Sahaba and then Allah SWT removed the very desire and temptation for zina from the heart of that Sahaba Hazrat says that once I went I was graced by Allah to visit Bukhara and there was a big sheikh in Bukhara and Hazrat said that I asked him a question that in our Silsla Ali Naqshbandiya there was a sheikh Hazrat Bahauddin Ramtana However, how did and but his name became famous as Naqshaband and before that our Silsa was known as Siddiqui Silsala. 
بدنسبت سینا ببکر صدیق رضی اللہ تعالی عنہ but after the name changed and became known as Naqshbandi so why is this tariqa called Naqshband and in some books it's mentioned that because they used to print certain like pattern textile patterns on clothing and before people used to have the instead of a machine you have a stamp or a die that stamps the clothing and because of that he was called Naqshband that's what some of the books of history write however when I asked the Shaykh in Bukhara he gave a different answer altogether he said that no it's not due to any textile printing actually he used to take his hand and in his fingers he used to make the image of Allah Ism Jalala the Alif Lam and Lam and the Ha so he used to take this image of Allah's letters on his hand and then when he would use this then he would take his finger and he would put it on the kalb of the heart of the salik and then he would give tawajju and he would say Allah in a loud voice and then that it would be as if he had engraved and imprinted Allah's name on that person's kalb and that's why he was called Naqshaban means the one who engraved Allah's names on the hearts of people the Naqsh means this image this the lettering and the script of Allah Ism Jalala and Band means to engrave it permanently onto something and this is Tawajju and as he says let me ask you when Sayyidina Rasulullah was lying down near the tree and a kafir came and he had a sword and he drew his sword and then he came and he asked Sayyidina Rasulullah and what did he want? he wanted to attack the Prophet then Sayyidina woke up and then he said to the, the kafir said to the Prophet who will stop me from attacking you? so Sayyidina Rasulullah what did he say? he said one word Allah <coughs> and when he said Allah Ism Azam Ism Azad it is such a power and potent effect that the Kafir dropped his sword and it has such a powerful effect even on the heart of that Kafir that he started shaking and shivering and trembling and he's lost his grip on the sword and it fell now of course we can read the translation of this hadith but we should reflect on what's happening in this hadith that what was it that made him drop the sword it was the taking of Allah's name by the Prophet the powerful effect of this Ism-i-Azam Allah on that person's heart and then when he dropped the sword Sayyidina Rasulullah picked up the sword and it doesn't say anywhere in the hadith that the Prophet that fought him or wrestled with him or snatched the sword no he just said the word Allah the kafir dropped the sword the Prophet picked up the sword and then asked him the same question that who will stop me from attacking you and then the kafir asked his forgiveness and the Prophet then forgave him and then later on he became Muslim as well the unbeliever so what does it mean that the word of Allah Taala's blessed name has an effect on the hearts of people and this is established through many hadiths like the ones we have cited that's why whatever our mashaykh do you will always be able to trace back its source somewhere to the original sources of deen that's why the mashaykh, that person who comes and gives bayah, the mashaykh do an ishara of Allah Ta'ala's name and they place their right finger, index finger of the right hand on the person's kalb and they say Allah's name. 
and what they're doing is they're trying to jumpstart the process of fez in that person's kalm. Our great sheikh, great grand sheikh, Hazrat Fazal the Krishna used to say that whichever heart upon which I have placed my finger, that heart can no longer die without iman. And he used to say that. And Hazrat says that once I asked Ghulam Hazrat Khaja Ghulam Abibram Tale that Hazrat asked his own sheikh that I'm young and I don't understand things and sometimes I want to ask if you give me permission that I can ask you a question. And Hazrat Mursam said yes. To Hazrat Ji said, Hazrat Khaja Fulas Krishnam I've read this statement of his that but it seems like this is a big claim that whose ever heart I touch can never die of Iman and our Mashaikh were very humble people and they would never make big claims so what's the explanation behind this statement because if you look in the whole world that you always pick the claimant and this is the thing in the soul of uh, the Everywhere in the world the courts will arrest the person against whom a claim is filed But in the Tasawwuf we are going to look at the person who makes the claim And foresee if that claim is legitimate So Hazrat Khajal Farish made this claim Which is a very big claim That whosoever's heart this fingers touches That heart can never die without Iman But if you look at the humility of the Mashaikh It doesn't seem... And for example, once I was giving a story that once five Mashaikh were traveling and a passerby saw that mashallah these people are Muttabe Sunnat and they have so much noor, so let me go ask them to make dua. So then he went up to one of them and said, Can you make dua? And he said, No, no, the one who's coming behind me, he's a big Shaykh. You should ask him. So then the passerby he waited and then the second Shaykh came and he said that please make dua for me, you seem like such a person of Taqwan Sunnah. He said, oh, you know, if you want dua, big sheikh is coming behind me. Then the third one came, and then he said the same thing. He says, no, the big sheikh is still coming behind me. So then again, the fourth one came, the same question, same answer. Then the, he kept waiting. Then finally, the biggest one must be coming. So when the fifth sheikh came, he asked him, please make dua for me. You are the biggest sheikh. He said, oh, the big sheikhs have already passed through. You missed them. So in the world of the Sawaf, this is the normal practice that all of them, even great Olyan Mashaikh, used to view themselves as nothing. And in fact, this was necessary in the Sawaf that whoever views himself to be nothing, Allah Ta'ala will make him something. And whoever views himself to be something, Allah Ta'ala will reduce him to nothing. So this is the core principle in the Sawaf. So how could somebody make this claim? So Hazrat asked his Shaykh that why did Hazrat Fazakir Shamtai say this? Because this doesn't seem to be the where Mashaikh would speak. And Hazrat Shamtai was a big Shaykh and Bali of Allah Swantana. So there must be some reason behind it. So Hazrat Ghulam Abiyamta said that yes, you've asked a good question. And he gave the answer and he said the reality is is that when a Shaykh puts tawajjuh of Allah's name on a kalb then some even amount of fez enters into the kalb of that murid and whether that murid feels that fez at that moment or not but a fez has been transferred into his kalb and then later in life he may change he won't be his own effort but that fez will start to develop will take root in him so this is the tawajjah of the shaykh that will be with him his whole life and will inshallah lead him to making changes 
better changes in his life, his whole life. And yes, in the beginning it's very slow and very gradual. But if the Salik works on his dicker and works on his kalb, then that change will be much greater. So, by placing, you can just imagine that even a zero watt bulb becomes zero watt is the smallest. Zero means they call it zero. It means one or two watts. Night light. And so think that when the Sheikh puts his finger on the kalb, at least the night light or pilot light of the nur of Nisbet and Fez gets ignited or light lit in the heart of a person. Now as they make more zikr, more sunnat, more sharia, then their wattage will increase 25 watt, 50 watt, 100 watt, etc. But let's say that he doesn't do any work. Let's say the person who gives bed doesn't do any of the zikr, doesn't change their life. So it's okay. Then outwardly, then he'll be leading a life of ghaflat. But that pilot light is still there. And at the time he dies, when death overcomes him, then there comes a condition over a person that they are all just about to leave this world. They can still see the dunya around them, but they get a glimpse into alam barzakh At that moment, that last final throes of life and entering into death, the last few breaths and last moments of consciousness when they realize where they're going and that they're about to die. And this is why Fir'aun also at this moment when he's entered that, he said, He said that I believe in the Rabbi Sallallahu So what did it mean? He saw when death was overcoming, he saw the journey ahead of him. And he was still in the dunya and seeing the water coming on top of him. So it means that this last stage of life, a person hasn't fully left this world yet, they haven't entered the next one yet, they're sort of in the bridge between both. At that moment, the last moment, the Hadith Qulambi said that at that moment, even if a person had never done anything after bed, even was leading a life of ghaflat, but at that moment, then that night light, pilot light that was lit when the Sheikh put the finger on the kalb, at that moment, that light will be of benefit to him, and they will be able to remember kalima, and they will be able to die on the kalima. So Hazrat Khawaja Fazalaikunasanta used to say that whoever whose ever heart this finger puts the name of Allah, that person's heart can never die outside of Iman. And then in the life if you in the life biography of the Fazal it's mentioned that there was once a Ghermukal in Salafi and he is big scholar who didn't believe in the Fuqaha and Oliya and he was very severe, very stern, very harsh. And he used to say very bad comments on people and he used to accuse everyone, you're doing shirk, you're shirk, you're bidat. But what happened was that he was coming from his village and Hazrat Fazakr was, was entering that village. He was leaving his town and Hazrat Fazakr was entering his town and in the small path that goes between the agriculture fields they happened to meet in that small path and now they had to meet one another. Their paths were encountered neither one could turn back neither one could change their route so the Ghair Muqallid wanted that I shouldn't say salam to this wali because I view him as a person of bidah and shirk so what did he do he said that okay instead of going near him and saying salam he just began conversation without salam and said oh do you know I'm going for hajj and so that we can just pass one another by saying this comment and then I'll be crossed and I won't have to say salam. So what, this is what he did. So when he came, he said, when they met in country, he said, oh, 
do you know I'm going for Hajj? Does the Father Krishna said? Then if the Murid is skillful, then the Sheikh is infinitely more skillful. He said that okay, fine. So he pulled the skillful ploy to avoid saying salami. Quickly said a sentence, I'm going for Hajj. So Sheikh Father Krishna said he was within my earshot. Then Hazrat just leaves and said, okay, you're going. When you go there, do Allah, Allah. And he put his finger on his kalab while he was passing by. And then they crossed ways And then Hazrat went to the town When that person went to Hajj And he came back He came to the Shaykh and said that, Oh Shaykh, what did you do to me when you passed me by? Through the entire Hajj my heart was thriving and throbbing With the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And he made Tawbah from being a Salafi of Yarmukhalid And he became a Murid of Hazrat Just pass it, walking by, quick drive by Allah Allah, Hazrat Fazal Krishna gave him and that had an effect on him. So this is when the Salik begins the first lesson of Muraqabah Latif Kalb. Now it is his duty to do as much Muraqabah as he does zikr on the Kalb. Like they say that as much sugar you put, that's how sweet it will become. So as much zikr you, effort of zikr you put in your Kalb, and then Nafal Ibadat, you should make dua to Allah Ta'ala, always be thinking about Allah Ta'ala, keeping good suhbat, spending time with Shaykh, all of these things will have an effect on a person's kalb and heart. And then a person's nur in their kalb will just be increasing and increasing. And the way of doing muraqabah is that a person should close their eyes. This is not necessary, this is not a condition, because the mashayik make zikr with their eyes open, so it's clearly not necessary to close your eyes. And But however, for the new beginning student who is a beginner on this path, in order to help them get concentration and focus, and also to disconnect from the world, it's been proven very beneficial if they close their eyes. So they cut themselves off from all sensory perception. Because they may see their children, they may see something that distracts them, that attracts them, that engages them. That's why a person should close their eyes. But it's not required, it's not a necessary condition. But this is what the Mashaik suggested. Some even suggested that you drape a cloth over your head. Again, that is not necessary, that is not a condition. But if that helps you on your focus and concentration, then that's fine. And again, this also comes in hadith, that when wahi revelation used to come on Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam, the Prophet used to take a piece of cloth and cover his head and face. narrates that in the incident of Ifq, which is the declaration of the innocence of Umar bin Aisha, when the Prophet received wahi, about Umm Aisha being innocent Then the Prophet put cloth over his head And when Umm says that when he Removed the cloth I saw beads of sweat on the brow And forehead on the Prophet Which was some special thing that used to happen To him when he was receiving revelation it means to increase a person's Awareness, concentration and focus A person can put a cloth over them and but this is not required nor is it a shart or a condition but there is benefit in it so these things are beneficial but not required closing the eyes and putting some cloth over you similarly sitting on the ground is better but not required you could do muraqabah lying down also but when you lie down and do muraqabah so already mashallah you are sleepy people 
And if you do Merakabah while lying down That's more likely that you sleep instead of doing zikr That's why people ask this question That why have they adopted this particular posture of closing eyes And this? And we say no The particular posture is not what is our purpose The posture is just being adopted In order to let us get the purpose which is concentration And concentration and zikr is part of our deen Imam Rabbani explained it beautifully and said that the Sahabi Kran they used to put, present themselves in the company of the Prophet and the Prophet for a long period of time would remain silent so much so that it would seem that they were so still that even birds could come and perch on their shoulders that's how silent and still that gathering was so if that, that's the words of Hadith so if Nabi Karim was so silent for so long the Prophet some silence was not a silence of ghaflat It was a silence of zikr Can anybody say that the Prophet was quiet Because he was ghafl and thinking about something else? No To Ummu Mu'mineen Aisha She had said That the Prophet remembers The Prophet remembers Allah Ta'ala In every state, in every moment So when you join these two hadith One that the Prophet was always doing zikr And here that the Prophet was sitting with the Sahaba silently Means that he was silent, doing silent zikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Sitting with Sahaba So that is Muraqabah Yes the Prophet's eyes were open, Sahaba's eyes were open But they were simply sitting there silently reflecting and remembering Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala That is called zikr, that is called fikr Therefore a person should with sukoon, with rest, with itminan A person should take their focus and put it on their qalb Their spiritual heart Why? Because in the spiritual heart is cluttered with all types of incorrect thoughts With all types of impure thoughts We need to remove, all, expel all of those thoughts And put thoughts of Allah Ta'ala And remembrance of Allah Ta'ala in our qalb And therefore when a person sits They should make inniya You don't always have to think this But just in the beginning when you sit You should make this niyat That Allah Ta'ala's rahmah and mercy is coming into my came into the heart of the Prophet ﷺ and from the heart of the Prophet ﷺ, it is coming into the heart of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and through a chain of the hearts spiritual hearts of my silsila that mercy is coming from Allah Ta'ala through the hearts of my Mashaikh into my kalb and because of that my kalb's darkness and hardness because of its sins is going away and then my kalb is saying Allah 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 so we're not saying anything with our tongue we're not going to say it's not lisani zikr that we're going to pronounce Allah's name with our tongue. This is qalbi zikr that our qalb spiritual heart is going to be pronouncing Allah's name. Breathing is normal and the body should not be moving in any particular way. Just relaxed. Everything is still stationary, relaxed, normal. But we should just be sending our focus just as if when a cassette is playing and you're just sitting and listening to the cassette. Just like that we are sitting and listening to our qalb saying Allah Allah, Allah. And in the beginning, you won't, neither will your kalb say Allah, Allah, nor will you be able to listen to it. Yes, what will happen in the beginning is all types of thoughts will come out. Even sometimes impure, incorrect thoughts will come out. But these thoughts that come out, that is making it clear to us that this is the filth that you had accumulated in junk that you had accumulated in your kalb. So. And many people say that normally I don't get thoughts But when I sit in Rakhba I get all types of thoughts And that means because this clutter was in your kalb And so when you put your attention to your heart All that clutter and junk came out So if your heart was attached towards the dunya Then you'll have thoughts of dunya 
if your heart was attached to somebody makhluk, you will have thoughts of makhluk. Whatever you would fill your heart up with, when you reflect on your heart, whatever it is filled up with, that's what's going to come out. So that means it should make you encouraged to do even more mrakama, because then you realize how much effort is required, how much cleansing is required. And so persons should sit in Muraqaba on Latifah Gulf. And that's the real secret to success in the zikr is simply sit. Whoever just remains seated, don't get up, don't break the Muraqaba. You should just sit there and sit there and sit there. That's why Allah Ta'ala said in Quran that their flesh, their jalud, their jil, the surface flesh and their kulub become softened by the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So it means you'll have to sit. Yes, your body may become tired, your knee may have an ache, your neck muscles may have an ache. Shaitan will come and whisper to you that, oh, you should get up, you're uncomfortable. Because this is what Shaitan does. If a person watches TV, they can sit in one position for hours and nothing happens to them. Nothing. He won't let them feel any tension in their muscle or anything like that. But if they sit in Mraqaba, then after five minutes, he says, oh, you know, you need to move and exercise your muscles a bit. And if they sit and watch TV, they'll say, I'll sit for five minutes and hours will pass, they won't realize. But when the person sits with Mraqaba for five minutes, he'll feel as if hours have passed. No, you should keep, remain seated. As long as you remain seated, you are showing Allah Ta'ala that you're sincerely yearning, seeking for Him. That's your talab, is hard talab. So how can a person show Allah Ta'ala says, look I just come and sit Just like if a person sincerely goes sit at the door of someone And they just remain seated there Then the person who had this sincerely wants to meet me Because they've been waiting for so long They've been sitting for so long They must really want to meet me So just like that a person should sit for a long time in a muraqaba And wait and wait in muraqaba Allah Ta'ala will see that he's sincere about meeting me As you said that you can ask many people You will find that when Fazati asks about your Muraqaba, people will say, well, we do Talawat, we do Istighfar, we do Durud and Salawat, but we're not able to do Muraqaba. But the Muraqaba was the asal, was the most important thing, that if you didn't do Muraqaba, then okay, you're getting Sawab and the reward of these Mamalat, but you're not getting the Qurb, you're not getting the closeness to Allah SWT. Getting Sawab is one thing, and getting Qurb is something else. You will see that, for example, when a person works in this world, one is to get the salary from the employer, and the second is to get a higher and higher rank in their job. That's a separate thing. So everybody who works, with, even if they're not a good worker, they get the salary, but not everybody gets closer and closer, higher and higher ranks. So that's why we should recite Durud and Salawat. We will get the Sawab for it. We will get Sawab and Ajr for Talawat Quran. We will get Sawab and Ajr for Istighfar. But the Qurb that we get with that is going to be through Muraqaba. So if a person doesn't do Muraqaba, they won't be drawing closer to Allah Subhanahu They won't be coming closer to Allah They will remain where they are. They will get sawab where they are for the other mamalat, but they will remain where they are. They won't be traveling on the path of saluk. So in order to make that travel and that journey into progress in our development, in our de- in spirituality, we have to make Muraqaba. And you will see that even if a person does Muraqaba regularly and they sit regularly, then 
they will get a feeling. And in the, what will happen is if the first day you sit, you may have had a hundred dirty thoughts, but if you sit again and you keep trying, keep trying, then you'll have ninety dirty thoughts, then you keep trying, then you'll have eighty dirty thoughts. As long as you keep sitting and you keep trying, then you will have less and less and less thoughts as you go on. And then you'll have more and more and more concentration as you go on. Such that a time may come that the second you lower your head and close your eyes, immediately you'll get the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I just bow my head and lower my neck and Allah Ta'ala I can find you right there in my heart. That person whose love is true and sincere then all the time they are yearning for their Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and their lips are sealed with silence but their kulub, their hearts are alive in remembrance. This will be the person's state in Muraqabah That they will just sit in Muraqabah And they will get jam'iyyat They will be fully mm, Their whole being will be concentrated in that Muraqabah So one word is this jam'iyyat So when instead of all these worryful thoughts and all of that That happens to everybody in the beginning But then the more and more you sit Then you will get jam'iyyat So you will move from tafarruqah to jam'iyyat and then when a person gets this jamiyat, then a person gets so much focus on Allah Ta'ala in their heart, then they're not, even our sitting isn't enough for them. And when we hear the, when we hear and read the states of Salakin, Alhamdulillah, as he says, there are even people today who pray two rakats nafil and beg Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala, let nobody disturb me in Muraqabah. And if they pray two rakats nafil and make dua to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala, please don't let my children cry, don't let anybody call me, let them have any work, no task, nothing important, let me just sit and relax and do Muraqabah, let me forget the world and let the world forget me. So this is easy if a person does it with effort, with method. And so the first thing is Latifa Qalb, to work on the zikr of Qalb. And here also Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in Qur'an Al-Kareem, وَذْكُرْنَبَكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ And remember your Rabb, do zikr of your Lord in your nafs, means in yourself, in your Qalb. So how are we going to do the zikr of Allah Ta'ala in our Qalb? So that is going to be the, that that Mashaikh have told us the tariqah, the method that by taking the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Mufti Imam al-Shafi in his tafsir of quran has said that tadarra'an wa khifa Allah ta'ala has explained the method tadarra'an humbly, khifatan silently so that means that a person should be doing zikr al-qalbi and then when doing al-jahri min al-qal is a second way of doing zikr that is zikr al-lisani means zikr by the tongue but not very loud and some mashaykh of the soul prefer the first way tadarra'an wa silent secret zikr of the heart others prefer to do zikr with the tongue and arsalsla we do zikr of the heart so this muraqaba is our main sabak is our main lesson of zikr and when a person does zikr on this first lesson sometimes they will get some feeling then their heart will become activated activated then they will get fana they will get baka these are things we've explained in previous years so right now we don't need to explain that in detail but when a person gets the feeling of the first lesson and that comes on their kalb then the shaykh will be able to see through his perception his insight 
the perception that Allah Ta'ala has given him, the nur of firasat that Allah Ta'ala has given him, the shaykh will be able to tell that now his qalb is started on the zikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, and then will give him the second lesson. So that means they have climbed one step in the staircase and reached the second step. So in reality, when we progress in our asbaq, then we actually are progressing closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, a person should tell the shaykh about their progress. They should be in touch with the shaykh about the progress. They shouldn't think that wait over for the shaykh to give it to me on their own. So has it ever happened that the doctor will inform me, will be able to figure out himself when I'm sick and when I'm not and what sickness I have and what symptoms I have. No, the patient has to always do ittila. The patient has to always communicate and inform with the doctor. And if after communicating and informing the shaykh, the shaykh doesn't increase her sabak, we should view that as also blessing from Allah. That means we have to do more work on our current one, and at least we got that signal. So either way, as long as we get the signal and guidance, we are making progress in the journey. So these 35 asbaq, 35 lessons, are 35 stairs in the staircase. We make dua that may Allah Ta'ala in the lifetime of our Mashaykh enable us to climb the staircase and make this journey. The first five lessons are Lataif of Alam Amr, Galbaru, Sir, Khafi, Akhfa. These are the five steps in the staircase. Then the next two steps are from Alam Khalq, Latifa Nafs, and Latifa Qalibiya. But these seven steps then First seven asbaq and lessons are known as the seven lataif And when a person does zikr of Allah Allah on these seven lessons It's as if they have climbed seven steps in the staircase Leading to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So now to make this even more clear We're going to recite some Read out some sentences From the works, written works of our mashayikh So that we can understand this more thoroughly And then also we can have the barakah Of mentioning the words of the mashayikh of Rasulullah In this gathering Number one How to do the zikr of ismizat on the lataif Imam al-Bani min al-Fasai Khaja Muhammad Masum in volume 2, letter number 113, has mentioned this. And doing the zikr of the name of Allah Ta'ala's method is as follows, that a person should keep their tongue silent and stationary. And with all of their effort, they should focus it on their qalb. Where where the where the Shaykh has identified that where the Kalb is, where the Shaykh put their finger and said Allah Allah, that is a rough area of Kalb. So the Salik should focus on that Kalb which is on the left side of their breast. And this Kalb our real Kalb was made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Alam Amr. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And it comes in a date that the heart of a mu'min Lies between the two fingers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It doesn't mean this heart It means our real kalb That lies with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The real kalb is the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Addresses And the reflection of that kalb Is inside our physical heart so a person should make intention and focus towards their kalb and they should and pass the word of Allah Ta'ala's name through their kalb and they should 
Don't imagine the physical heart. Don't take an image of a heart as if there's a heart or it has a shape or it's conical. Don't have any conception of the kalb. Don't make any image in your mind. Simply just make niyat of the kalb in an absolute abstract way. And breathing should be normal. You shouldn't stop their breathing, but they shouldn't move their tongue either in the zikr. And breathing should come and go normally. And they should, by by taking Allah Ta'ala's name, Allah, they should think of Allah Ta'ala's Zat. They shouldn't think of any particular attribute, but they're talking about Allah Ta'ala's being adorned with all of His attributes. Because you shouldn't think of any particular attribute that Allah is Ar-Rahman or Allah Ta'ala's Ar-Razak. Because His Zat is greater than His Sifat. His essential being is greater than any one of His attributes. So just pass the name of Allah through your Qalb. Allah, Allah, Allah. And this is called Mraqabah. So first we should do this method on Latifah Kalb and then the Shaykh will give the next lesson that is Latifah Ru and then Sir, Khafi, Akfa, Nafs and Qalbiyah. These are seven Lataif on which each and every one the same method of Zikr of Allah Allah is in each and every one but one must do it successively one after the other. Then you will get Fana and Baka in one and then the other and then the next. One other Shaykh he has also written something about this. He writes, so in the beginning a person should make zikr on one latifa and their name of Allah Ta'ala will flow when they put a lot of focus and concentration and a person must sit and must force themselves to utter, to pass Allah Ta'ala's name through their kalam but after they force themselves to do so then it will become natural and then when it becomes natural then it will become perpetual so first it's forced, then it's habitual, then natural, then perpetual then our Mashaikh said that the way to reach Allah SWT is seven steps. The way to reach Allah SWT is seven steps. Because there are seven Lataif, so every Latifa is a step in that journey. So if there's seven Lataif, then that means there are seven steps. So when a person passes these seven steps, these are to reach Allah SWT, that after that, comes a journey inside the shuyunat of Allah SWT. So this is a preliminary seven steps. So in these seven steps, Imam Rabbani has said something very beautiful about this first seven lataif. This is a Maktabat Rabbani of volume 1, letter number 58. That he addressed one of his stu- persons and he said that this path that we are traveling, that it's just like the seven lataif, there are seven steps total in this path. Two of them are in alam khalq and the other five steps in lataif are in alam amr <coughs> And these seven steps, each and every one, in each and every one you have to render and sever 10,000 veils. 
Every sabak has 10,000 veils that you have to pierce through it. So imagine just like if on a bride somebody put 10,000 veils on her and if you want and somebody wants to see her face, so one after the other you have to lift them off until you lift off all 10,000 veils. And then if there's seven steps, then that means 70,000 veils. So in every step, every latifa, there are 10,000 veils. And then when a person has reached seven, then they have now gone through 70,000 veils. And then whether, whether those are veils of light or veils of darkness, it is coming that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has 70,000. Indeed, Allah Ta'ala has 70,000 veils over his zat. And this is a hadith narrated by Imam Bihakinam Ta'ala. And perhaps it's also been narrated later in Mishkat. So to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, 70,000 veils, some are light and some are of dark. And Shaykh Qazi Sanaullah Padpani Patinam Ta'ala, he has written that it's, his hadith is also in Mishkat. And hadith Qudsi, that the ancient Jibreel Salam and Ibn Hajar Makki has said this hadith is sahih and Imam Sayyidina has also viewed it as a reliable hadith so the muhaddisin have said this hadith is reliable and authentic and that others have also other scholars have also taken from this hadith so what was established from this hadith there's 70,000 veils on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's zat so you have to take them off one by one of the other and we couldn't have understood 70,000 how to do that but alhamdulillah our mashaykh understood this reality and made a step by step process of zikr on seven lataif in order that we could remove those veils so every latifa when you make effort on it you will remove 10,000 veils when you make effort on all seven lataif you will remove those 70,000 veils And some of our mashaikh said that there are two aspects to the kalb. Hazrat said that there are six aspects to the kalb, six directions to the kalb. So the early Mashaikh used to say this That there are two Directions on the Kalb But Imam Bahaudin Naqshibanata said there are six directions So what we have to understand here Is that the earlier Mashaikh Because they were focusing on the Nafs Islam The Nafs That they used to say That the Kalb is in between the Ru and the Nafs Kalb is in between the Ru and the Nafs of a person so therefore the two directions, one is the kalb that is towards the ru, and one is the direction which is towards the nafs, or one is that side which is with the ru, and the other is the side that is with the nafs. But because in our silsila, their perspective of the kalb is that the kalb is located within the seven lataif. One of the seven is the kalb, and that means there are six remaining. So that means the kalb has six, six directions with all the other lataif. That's why our Mashaikh said that as far as we understand that the Kalb has six directions, six angles, six sides, six perspectives. So all of the seven Lataif are 
connected to the Qalb. All of the six other Lataif are connected to the Qalb. This is why Sayyidina Rasulullah said that indeed that in the breast of every Bani Adam there is an organ that if it is sound, everything will be sound. And if it is corrupt, everything will be corrupt. Allah Qalb. Indeed know that as a spiritual heart. So again, we found a basis for this in the hadith of the Prophet the Imam Nabi in another book of his Mabdo Ma'ad, he writes in that that Hazrat Khwaja Naqshiban Bukhari Nabi he has said that in the in that the, the direction of the every kalb has two aspects, two directions, which are two. But I say now that there are six. But no one before has explained this But Allah Ta'ala has How can I explain this in detail What my Mashaikh elders have not mentioned before How can I express my tongue about this But because Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Only through His Fazl and Karam His grace and generosity Has opened this reality on me Then therefore I must expose Exposit and expound upon this reality As Allah Ta'ala has revealed it to me so because these are rare pearls that need to be explained so I will explain it through my tongue and I've made istikhara and after making istikhara I'm deciding to write about this issue and I make dua to Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala preserve the khair in this and Allah Ta'ala make it easy for me to explain it He says that no that the aina, the mirror of the salak means their kalb and between the ru and the nafs the kalb is a barzakh, is a bridge and he said that that is a correct understanding like the early Mashaikh taught and they were looking at the kalb as having two directions because they were looking at the side leads towards the ru and the side leads towards the nafs but and therefore when the Mashaikh are looking at a person's kalb they're looking at it from both sides but however which is a special distinction from the earlier awliya prior to him and because he was given a special grace by Allah SWT, he saw that there were six directions and angles to the kalb <coughs> six directions to the kalb the next thing is that every latifa has an outward form and an inward form. So every latifa has a the sheikh can tell you where it is physically in your body. So that is its zahir, its outward location. But it also has a batani place in its alami amr. So every latifa has an outward form in the person's body, but also has a batani inner reality in the alami amr. In Muktabat Imam Rabbayna Abdallah, Imam Rabbayna said that every latifa in the alami amr has an outward form and an inward reality. And just like that, the unsari khak is outward reality of dust, just like that, latifa kafa has an outward form and inward reality. And every person who does zikr on their kalb and does amal salih then they get closer and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They come closer to the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then they become closer to that zat who is al-hayyul qayyum. Allah 
So the more and more zikr a person does under Latifa, then the zahir starts to fade and the button becomes manifest. And the button of the Latifa is attached to Allah Ta'ala's attribute of being Al-Qayyum, which means Allah Ta'ala is the self-subsistent, the eternal, the ever-living. Then he continues by saying that the alim taifa of the alim khalq each and every one of them are related to the ones in alim amr. That is because there are five lataif in alim amr kalbru sir khafi akfa, and similarly there are five lataif in the alim khalq We say there are two nafs and kalabiya, but latifa kalabiya is actually consisted of four anasir, four core elements. Every element, if you separate them out, then you will have four in the kalabiya, one in the nafs of so five, five in alim amr, and five in alim and each and every one is related toward one another. Has a nisbat one another. And what is the taluk? That the latifa kalb is related to latifa nafs, and latifa ru is related to wind or air, and latifa sir is related to water, and latifa khafi is related to fire, and latifa akfa is related to earth and soil or dust. And Latifa Kalabi is made up of these four things water, uh, air, water, fire, and dust. In Maktabati Masim, Khaja Muhammad Masumat, in volume 3, says so the nafs, Latifa nafs, Latifa Kalabi, these five are related to the five and the taif and the amr, the kalb is related to the nafs, and the air is related to the fairu, and the latifa of water is related to sir, and the fire is related to the khafi, and the earth or dust is related to the akfa. And each latifa in the alam khalq is the asal of the one of alam amr. Then in Maktabati Rabbani Namtalai, he's written that when you is doing zikr kalbi better than the karamat and the miracles of Allah doing miracles so the average miracles that are apparent so they actually have no value they have no real substantive value there is no real substantive value in the eyes of the sharia to a person's karamat or miracles just something that happens out of the ordinary extraordinary against the ada against the norm but that's it so to do something against the norm or out of ordinary is nothing special. However, for a kalb to do zikr and for a person's kalb to be jari and to become alive, that has substantive value, that has religious value, that has shari value. And that is based on the nur that a person has in their heart. Therefore, for the kalb to be jari is much, much more superior than all of the karamat that any person can demonstrate. In fact, the greatest karamat is that the kalb becomes jari. And he was a khadim of a sheikh And he also got nisbat And he was a true lover Ashik Sadiq of a sheikh Once He went to go meet He wanted to go meet Travel to Tukhanka And meet his sheikh And Multan is a bit far from Miskinpur So he went to the train station And said that I'll go by train And go from Multan to Miskinpur But he found out that the train has already left and then he got sad And then another person was also traveling to the Khanka of the Sheikh Then one cart seller who was uh, You know the people who uh, A little engine car came The ones who repair the train tracks The repair train came And they go along the track And they examine the line And make sure that railway tracks are fine 
So he was the repair train was also going in that direction. So he the Marid went to the repairman and said that you know, can you take us as well on your repair train because you're going in that same direction to inspect the same tracks. And he said, I can't take you. I'm not allowed to take passengers. This is a repair, uh, single carriage for repair. So the Marid became quiet. And then the driver of that repair carriage, he tried to start the engine. It wouldn't start. Two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes passed. And he kept trying to start the engine, but it wouldn't start. So in that time, it occurred to him that these two people who wanted us to take them along, maybe, maybe let me ask them, so that he went to the, the worker and said that, why don't you make dua? If you make dua, that the engine turned on, then I'll take you along with me. So those lovers of the shaykh, they raised their hands in dua, and they went to the engine, and they said, Allah, and they gave a zarb of Allah to the engine. And three times they said Allah to the engine And they put tawajjah on the engine Then the engine started started. And then so the driver said Okay you can sit So the passengers went all the way in the repair train And they reached Miskinpur When they went to the Khanka of their sheikh So then one of the second one He told the sheikh The sheikh this is what happened And we missed the train And there's a repair train And this friend He gave tawajjah to the engine And he said Allah three times And the engine started And he took us along Then all he did was say That Hazrat Khawaja Fadhi And his face He got extremely angry You could tell his anger From his face And then Hazrat told that Murid That this blessing that we gave you Of Nisbat and tawajjah Was given to you To revive the hearts why did you use it on the material world? This was a blessing given to you to revive hearts, the spiritual hearts. Why did you waste it on something of matter and material? So then we realize that for a kalb becoming activated is much greater than karamat. So this is a miracle to make the engine of a train run, but the real miracle is to make the hearts of human beings journey. In Maktabatu Majjadri Ramtailai, it is mentioned that the five lataif of Alam Amr, their sources are in Alam Khalk. Their asal is in Alam Khalk. So when a person makes the journey, whenever the latifa makes the journey, makes journey in its asal. The beginning of the journey begins with the kalb, which is from the Alam Amr. And the, when you pass through the journey of the kalb, you go to the ru, which is above that. Cross the ru, you go to the sir, which is above that. Then you cross it through the khafi. And then cross to the Akhfa, then after you pass these five stages, then each and every one has a separate asal in the alam khalq And after a person gets the ahwal and the feelings from these zikr which is particular to each one, then after they become apparent and realized, then a person, the sayer, their spiritual journey takes place in the alam Khalq. And whatever is in the lesser alam, alam is the asal is in the alam kabir. Alam is means a person, and alam kabir means the heavenly realm. So inside our own human self, we have five lataif of alam amr, but the asal is in the alam, is alam kabir, which is water, uh, air, water, fire, and earth, which is found in the whole universe. So the lesser world, Alam al first a person says in that, and then a person says in Alam al which is the greater, wider world.
So these seven Lataif, the last one, Latifa Qalabi is also known as Sultan al-Adhkar, the king of Adhkar. And also known as Qalibi Qalib, it refers to the whole body and being of a person. So in the first six lessons, the person did zikr on different points. But when a person does zikr of Allah, Allah Latifa Qalibiyah, then the whole body does zikr of Allah Subhanahu and the location of Latifa Kalabi Ar Mashaik have mentioned that it is right in the middle, the top middle of a person's head. And you'll be amazed that Ar Mashaik, through the lotion of Kashf, they could see that the nafs was in the forehead and the Kalabiya was on top of the head. And this is exactly what modern neuroscience research says is that the person's the frontal lobe which is on the forehead, the frontal lobe of a person's brain, that is where they have their arrogance and the kabar and ujub is all coming from the emotions in the frontal lobe which is of the brain which is located in the forehead. So even science through its many research has only arrived at the same conclusion that our mashayik of Sasala understood that in other words the forehead is where the nafs is. Even a thousand years ago they understood this through their kashf that the source of a person's pride and arrogance, ujub and takabur is in their forehead Imam Adabarat I said that because Latifa nafs is in the forehead this is why Allah Taala made us do sajda on the forehead and the person the mu'min is the closest to Allah Taala when he is putting his forehead on the ground meaning doing sajda meaning putting his nafs on the ground meaning lowering his nafs to Allah Taala. so when we lower our nafs to the most possible which is doing sajda then as-salatu miraj al-mu'min then Allah Ta'ala raises that person up and then science has mentioned another thing is that in a person's mind all the different signals that come to a person's mind the right side of the brain goes to the left side of the brain left side of the brain goes to the right side of the brain but in the middle of the brain both of these neural pathways are connected the ones that are going from left to right and the ones that are going from right to left they are connected right in the middle and the interesting thing is the left part of the brain controls the right side of your body and the right side of your brain controls the left side of your body and that means that all of the wiring is all crossed uh, in a person's brain so the ones from the right go to the left and the ones from the left go to the right so there's a place in the middle where all of the wires are gathered together and that is exactly what our Mashaik identified through Kashfaz Latifa Kalabiya that that point that affects the zikr of the whole body so science is just catching up today to what our Mashaik understood through their Kash centuries years ago centuries ago that all of the body's entire central nervous system has a central point which is the center of a person's brain and the center of their skull and that's why our Mashaik used to place their finger on the top of their head to indicate Latifa Kalabiya. And indeed, when a person does zikr on Latifa Kalabiya, then indeed every single particle of a person's body does zikr on Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Imin Shain, that there is nothing in this universe except that it says the Tasbih and Ham glorifies the praises of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. So our body is also Shay, a thing from the universe, where we make effort on this body, then this body will also make zikr of Allah Ta'ala from every of its own particles. 
So I'm going to be make this dua that Ya Allah, that from every core of my body, from every atom and particle of my body, I want you to fill it with the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what it means, Latifa Kalabiya Sultana Askar. That means this is the king of the points of zikr because the whole body does zikr when a person does zikr in Latifa Kalabiya. And this person becomes a complete being of zikr. So that you keep doing Allah, 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 then your whole body starts doing Allah, Allah. And not just your tongue, but the whole body does Allah, Allah. And this is that feeling that a person gets on the seventh lesson, and this is called istikharak, which means they become drowning in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have lose all of their arrogance and conception of their self, and they're only and only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this happens to all of the mashaykh of all the salsalas. But in, for example, there was a mashaykh from the salsala, Ali Chishtiya Sikh Abdul Quddus Gangurjam And he, in Maktubat Masumiya, it has been written about him. That up till now we have not found any mention of Sultan al which is in our Silsa Naqshabandi Mujaddidi, which is well known in our Zikr, and we've been hearing it from our peers and Mashaikh. But we saw that Sheikh Abdul Qudus Gangurjam Ta'ala, who was one of the great Mashaikh, a chist of Hind, he was in the same time as Hazrat Khwaja Ubaidullah Ahralam Ta'ala. And in the last period of life, he had so much istigraq, so much drowning in the Allah subhanahu remembrance, that in people's salat, people could hear his heart saying, Allah, Allah. But when he would enter in salat, uh, no, sorry, outside prayer, he would just be lost in the zikr of Allah. He would only regain his awareness of the world when it was time for salah he would pray salah and then again he would be lost in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then what would happen was that he would wake up at the time of salah snap out of his drowning in dhikr at the time of salah and he said that I have given a lot of zarab I have made a lot of zikr on my sultan al-adhkar and that's what happens is that my body is doing so much zikr that my zikr has become dominant over me and it has steal, stolen me from myself. It takes my awareness of myself away from me. And that awareness is only restored to me at the time of salah. There's another experience that sometimes a person gets a, a salik, gets a feeling for a short period of time, then it disappears. It doesn't remain. So, Mamdan Mahdi, has explained this phenomenon as well that they're different lataif and their fana is a continual progress. Sometimes a person gets a particular feeling in kafiyat, sometimes a different one. So whatever kafiyat is the fana of every latifa that will come on that may come in all of the lataif, and then if they get a different type of fana on the next latifa, then that feeling will also come in all the lataif. If they get a different type of feeling in fana on the next latifa, that will come in all of them. So Sheikh Ghulam Ali Dilibiram Tanle, who 
who has the Tanvramta has declared him to be the Mujaddid of the 13th century Allah Ta'ala took a lot of work of deen from Hazrat Shah Ghulam and his Khulafa and they went into different areas of deen they went in different parts of the Mughal Empire and they used to make the elites come onto deen and then they enacted deen through the leaders and princes of the Mughal Empire and that's why he was known as a Mujaddid of his time so he has written in his Malfuzat and his sayings, noted teachings and sayings that all the Lataif are one what does that mean that when the Kalb becomes Jari then the, the end of the Kalb is joined with the beginning of the Ru then when the Ru is developed, developed and the end of that is joined with the beginning of Latif Aysir which is joined with Latif Khafi, which is joined with Latif Akhfa which is joined with Latif Nafs so all of these five Lataif end up becoming united with the six lesson that they find nafs. So when the Lataif are completed then the Lataif become like one after you finish the Seraph each Latifah becomes joined to the next one and you finish the successive Seraph becomes joined with the next one so therefore every Salik when they complete the journey of one Latifah they have automatically begun the journey of the next one so when you finish the first one you automatically start the second one when you do zikr and latifah kalb you will experience tawhid wajudi and when you do latifah nafs you will experience tawhid wajudi this is a very detailed topic we will just mention briefly that because people when they used to do zikr on their kalb it used to they, it used to seem to them as if they saw the signs of Allah Ta'ala everywhere and because of that they saw Allah Ta'ala in the leaf and they could hear the zikr of everything they could hear the leaves doing zikr they could one poet said in a poem that whenever I look to and fro wherever I looked I found you and you alone so this is the experience of Tawheed Wujudi to find Allah Ta'ala's presence and being in everything but Imam Rabbanata said that if you take this a step further and say that everything is Allah that is incorrect it's not that everything is Allah but rather everything is from Allah and that is the correct thing and that's actually what they were noticing in all of creation the fact that it was creation created by the creator so what they were perceiving was that everything is from Allah so when a person does a lot of zikr Latifah they appear as if Allah Ta'ala is everywhere but when they do fana and Latifah nafs then they realize that that was just a perception they had and the reality is not that everything is is Allah but rather that everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Muktabat al-Mujaddidiyya Imam Rabbantah said is that, that every Latifah has fana and baka but from all of those Lataif there is one special status given to the Qalb and the asl of the Qalb is Latifah nafs so there are actually two types of fana the fanai kalbi and fanai nafsi the fanai kalbi means that a person gets wilayah to sugra the lesser wilayah and when they get fanai nafsi a person gets wilayah to kurba the greater wilayah however because kalb is connected towards with the nafs therefore the mashaykh said the asal fana is fanai nafsi because the real thing you have to defeat is your nafs and the real thing you have to annihilate fana means to annihilate and extinguish is your nafs 
So that person who is successfully defeated and annihilated their nafs, that is the person who succeeded in this path. So in the beginning a person will get fana and latifai kalb and the end they will get fana and latifai nafs but because the kalb and the nafs are related towards one another so therefore the real asal most desirable fana is fana latifai nafs now let's listen to what Imam Rabbani Mujal Fasanta has written about this that if it was said that uh, the questioner asked that if the lataif of the batan are seven or each and every one of them the asal so Imam Rabbani said that the real fana and baka is the fana and baka that is achieved in latifai nafs because that is the asal of the lataif and by achieving fana and baka and latifai nafs the persons ujub and kibar and all of their self grandeur is removed in the beginning a person in the, uh, the one extreme is that a person begins as the enemy of Allah and the other end is that they become amongst the friend of Allah and when they have the fana of the nafs then they become the foremost in taqwa and the, the evil of the nafs is even worse than the evil of shaitan but the virtue of the nafs is even better than the virtue of the angels so if the nafs is evil it's even worse than shaitan and if the nafs is virtuous it's even better than the angels so that's why the most important thing is to get fanan baka of the nafs. Next question. That what next point is that once the latifah nafs is polished and completed, then it becomes the king of the universe. And so now let's read what Imam Rabbanatai wrote. And what is it that he wrote? That latifah nafs is the most important. It's the worst if it doesn't have islah, but if it gets its islah, it becomes the king of the latif. Imam Rabbani writes that when the nafs is purified of all of its sinful traits and vices then it becomes tabi to the sharia becomes mutma'inna and this is what Allah SWT said in Quran and it leaves its place of vice and does hijrat and migrates towards the place of virtue and then the Latifa wants to do good deeds and virtue this is what the Prophet said that the best of you in Jahiliyyah are the one who are the best of you in Islam and again the Mashaik linking their understanding of the Sawaf back to the Hadith. So just like that, that the person who had the worst nafs when they were doing sin can have the best nafs after doing zikr. So when a person has tafakku and deep understanding of just like a person who has deep understanding and wisdom in Jahiliyyah, if they accept Islam, they will get deep understanding in Islam. Just like that, if the nafs is very evil when they're in sin, then when the nafs is purified, it will be very virtuous after zikr. Then when nafs loses its self-grandeur and self-worth and falls into humility in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then its true worth is realized. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows izzat and honor and grace upon such a nafs and then the nafs becomes the king of that person. And this is actually one of the traces or signs of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at that moment, they leave all the blameworthy attributes and they come to all the praiseworthy attributes. And then this nafs doesn't want to do anything except the acts of piety and virtue and taqwa. 
And this is just, this is the way Allah Ta'ala says in Quran that He changes a person's sayyat into hasanat, He changes a person's sins into acts of virtue. So before we just thought that sins become good deeds, but Imam Al-Banth has said this ayah is also a shara, that Allah Ta'ala changes the evil nafs, the sinful nafs into the pious nafs, the wrong nafs into the good nafs, and then the virtuous nafs becomes the imam of the virtuous. And then at the time of Fana, and the last thing that we'll mention, because we've gone a bit long tonight, is a subtle point that during Salah, Namaz, what is the condition of the Lataif? When a person is praying Salah So the rule is that When a person is inside Salah They shouldn't be focused towards their Lataif They should only be focused on Allah SWT Because Zikr is a lower level of Ibadah And Salah is a higher level And Zikr is done when Allah Ta'ala is unseen But Salah is supposed to be Mushahida Where Allah Ta'ala has allowed us to converse directly with Him And be and present ourselves in front of Him so Imam Rabbi has said that the Mashaykh that who have completed their fana and baka and now are guiding others on the path of deen then the higher they are the greater their rank is spiritually after they reach that height they will have the, the highest spirit, highest fana they receive, attain they will have the highest baka what does it mean that they, when they have the highest baka, they act like an ordinary person? Nobody will view them as they don't have miracles or something extraordinary. And you will find it's a sign that the more kamil baka they have, is a sign that they have the most kamil fana. And this is why Sayyidina Rasulullah had the most highest fana and the highest baka. And this is why the Kufar said that this Prophet is just like an ordinary person. He walks the bazaar like us, he eats like us, he drinks like us. So for them it seemed like the Prophet was living an ordinary human life. They thought a Prophet would be extraordinary. But this is actually a sign of the extraordinary nature of the Prophet that the highest level of fana results in the highest level of baka. And that's what Sayyidina Rasulullah said. So they were just looking at the outward apparent form in which he had kamil baka, but his inward reality was that he had Kamil Fana. This is why sometimes when delegates of the unbelievers would say, they would see the Prophet and Sahaba, they couldn't tell which one was the Prophet, which was the Sahaba. They would ask that which one of you is your Prophet. That because Nabi Akrim Sassam had such a Kamil Uruj, so he had a Kamil Nazul, he reached the greatest heights, and therefore then he descended perfectly into this world. So then such a person, when they are in Salah, their focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so much. So the faraid and sunnas of salah in that what happens all of the lataif, the five lataif of alam amr and latifah nafs they're going on a miraj during salah. But not that a person should consciously think that but this is what happens to the lataif when a person prays salah. Yes, this is why the Mashaikh before they said Takbirat Tahrimah, their state was different. Once they said Takbirat Tahrimah, Allah Akbar, they enter a different spiritual state altogether. But, but when a person prays Nafil Salah, only their Latifah Kalb gets progress.
This is why Sayyidina Rasulullah used to say the coolness of my eyes is Salah. Why? Because the Prophet was a person of guiding and nubuat. But once I'm done guiding the people and inviting them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but then there's another aspect of me which is my own personal love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my vision to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that is the coolness of my eyes, and that takes place when I'm inside Salah. So therefore, these were some things relating to Salah that we wanted to mention. May Allah Ta'ala accept us to acquire all of these realities. And instead of just being in call and talking about these things, may Allah Ta'ala bring us into hal and the real experience of these realities. O our kind and beloved Rabb, we are your weak and sinning servants. Ya Allah, forgive us for our sins, overlook our shortcomings. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you conceal our faults. Ya Allah, we ask that you revive our heart, make our kalm jari, make our hearts alive, make our kalm zakir, make our hearts remember you. Ya Allah, fear our hearts with love for you. Ya Allah, we are dead, Ya Allah, make us alive, Ya Allah. We have come full of sins, Ya Allah. Purge us of our sins, cleanse us of our sins. Ya Allah, plant the seeds of love for you in our heart. Ya Allah, we ask that you send your charity upon us, send your sadqa upon us. Ya Allah, send your sadqa of love upon us, Ya Allah. Send your charity of love upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, send your maghfirat and forgiveness upon us, Ya Allah. Let us not be mahroom, let us not be deprived, let us not be bereft. Ya Allah, make us focus and concentrate, Ya Allah. Let us make our nafs into a nafs matmina, Ya Allah. Rabbana takama minna inna kanta sami alayhi wa tuma alayna inna kanta tuma abrahim. Rabbana takama minna inna kanta tuma abrahim. Rabbana takama minna inna kanta tuma abrahim.